Helen, we're both in sales. Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Boss man, I don't know if you can warp yourself back to 2006 when we used to hang out and smoke cigarettes in the parking lot of our office in Carlsbad, California. Hey, I think my mom listens to this show. <laughs> you gotta be careful about what we talk about. All right, so I'm back there though. You just had so many business ideas, and a lot of them were like really lofty ideas, like you know the turbo intake filters on Mustangs are really terrible. Like we should create a new. And I was like, all right, well that's not gonna happen. And I, and I would sit there and literally like my brain would hurt. I'd like want to start a business so badly, but I couldn't come up with an idea to save my life. You know, all the ideas I came up with were like, well, I guess brooms are like not very good so we can make a broom with a better handle or stuff. I mean, they were terrible <laughs> ideas. So I've come to call this the business idea paradox. It's when you need business ideas the most, you can't seem to come up with them. And when you <laughs> have a business, you seem to have too many other business ideas that are distracting or that you can't get to. So that's really what this episode is all about. We are going to donate some business ideas that we can't get to that we think might be good for somebody else. Maybe they'll spark an idea, a creative burst in some of our listeners. And also, we've reached out to TMBA listeners and asked them to donate the ideas that they'd either would love to do themselves but can't get to or ideas that they'd be willing to pay for if somebody did. So we're going to back the truck up to the old Goodwill, dump out all these ideas. You know, the thing about Goodwill is not a lot of good stuff there, so I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but we'll see what happens. You know, pursue these ideas at your own risk. And so let's just start out with a few of our own ideas before we get into the ideas that were donated by the TMBA audience. If you'd like to comment or share an idea or tweak something that we've said on this episode, maybe you know you'd be willing to pay for one of these ideas, or maybe you do one of these ideas. This one will be at tropicalmba.com/business ideas. Okay, so the first thing I'd like to recommend, Ian, is if you're at square zero, like I was when I was starting, I wasn't like you. I didn't have CAD experience. I was not a developer. I didn't have marketable skills, so to speak. You got a general education. More or less. Not even so general, to be honest. But that's just it. I think if you're at square zero and you don't have marketable skills, the best type of business to start is one that will fund you learning marketable skills. So quite literally, I think you should start a marketing services business if you're at square zero. And the great thing about these businesses, if you listen to Dan Norris's episode and Damian Thompson's episode last year about productized services, is that you can start these types of business in a week. And I've actually written a post where I have 10 business ideas already. So we're going to pile on 10 more. So I'm going to stay away from my marketing service business ideas because I've already written this post. I'll link to it at this one, tropicalmba.com slash business ideas. But more or less, Ian, these sorts of ideas are things like Facebook ad management or SEO ranking audits. 
Those types of services can honestly be launched in a week. It's like, hey, for $750 a month, I'll deliver you three reports that show you where your sites rank relative to your competitors. Or for $500 a month, I will execute one Facebook campaign for you that will consist of X, Y, and Z, and you'll get a report at the end of the month, and then we'll launch a new one the next month. We have bought many of these different services over the years, Dan. People starting out doing exactly this. So it's like, hey, I can manage your Facebook account. Hey, I can manage your AdWords, whatever. We bought these from people, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned on the show that I would think somebody should start a newsletter service. You know, people don't send out enough newsletters and they're really hard to create. And sure enough, listener Jeff Beccaro created a newsletter service called Nurture Letters. And I noticed it because I think I just paid him 500 bucks and I'm happy to do it because he helps me generate something that's valuable to me, which is newsletters. Same thing with Ben Kruger, who started Authority Engine. You know, we said on the show, wouldn't it be great if someone would edit the show? That would be a really cool product. And boom, I think we paid Ben $500 a month as well. So there you go. A lot of times these things turn into products, right? So they go from services to products. Have you checked out Travis's new Amazon rank tracker? I have. Pretty awesome. So I believe it is azmtracker.com. Yeah, the idea behind these marketing services business is that you don't spend a lot of time in the woodshed building up software or a clever idea. You engage with your target market right away and you say, hey, I'll do this work for you. You know, you build in enough margin so that hopefully you can sub the work out to contractors or VAs. And, you know, that's not the end game, Ian. Maybe that's not the business that's going to get you to a million dollars. But the idea is that you're not risking cash and a great deal of time trying to validate ideas, trying to build pie-in-the-sky businesses. You're actually funding your education. I want to dwell on this just a tinge because I think this is what really hung me up back in 2006 is that I thought that starting a business was about ideas. And what I learned is that it's actually about relationships. And so when you get involved in people that are willing to pay you money, that are benefiting from your skill set, from your services, your products, those are the types of relationships that lead to the next thing, right? And so you don't have to be the podcast editor person forever. Maybe, like you said, like, all of a sudden you'll determine like we're going to get there's another podcast idea later in the show where maybe you get to a point where there's like a certain podcast analytic that you realize all your customers want to know. You create a software widget for that and you charge for that. That becomes your future business or one of your future cash flows. Right. And you wouldn't know it unless you're in the game. Got to get in the game, my friend. All right. Let's get a business idea from you, boss man. What do you got for us? So Dan, to deliver this business idea, I need a little bit of inspiration here. So I got a little bit of background music. I don't know if you guys were around in 1993, but this is one of my favorites. Cypress Hill. Peter Thiel wrote Zero to One, just announced the other day that I think he's pledging a bunch of money to marijuana. For those of you that haven't been paying attention to the news, don't live in Colorado, don't care. Marijuana is going to be a major multi-billion dollar industry in the future. Um, I personally know people that are involved in this industry. I think that there's a lot of regulation that's going to happen. There's a lot of money to be had. I think there's a lot of corporations that are going to be getting in on it. So, you know, I don't really know the angle from selling the weed. But what I do know is that there's going to be a lot of accessories that are related to the weed that are going to be a lot less regulated. And I can already see that with these companies that are making vaporizers because vaporizers are very in fashion right now. They're in fashion with the tobacco community and they're certainly in fashion with the marijuana community. So I think that if you haven't already started to think about if you're a product designer, you're a product guy or an engineer or something like that, if you haven't started to think about making a vaporizer, it might be the time. 
There's some good ones out there, so I hear. Where but are I think the those marijuana old... community meetups? <laughs> they don't get a lot done at those meetups is what I hear, so they stopped having them. But if you're one of those guys that can not get high on your own supply, you might want to look into vaporizers. I think that that's a very large industry and there's tons of room for competition there. You know, Ian, I got a similar one. If you're already curious about these things, I think there's a lot of opportunity in e-currencies. I honestly think, you know, like we used to have episodes about blogging. Is it dead on arrival? You know, I don't think you could go wrong if you started a Bitcoin blog. Maybe I wouldn't call it Bitcoin. You know, I'd call it something branded that doesn't have to do with that particular e-currency. But I don't see any way that these things aren't huge deals. And if you're into, you know, building an audience, maybe making a podcast or starting a blog, I just don't see how you could run out of of inspiration and interesting things to talk about and ways to educate people. You know, it's still hard for me to wrap my head around what's going on with all these digital currencies. And I'd love to subscribe to more blogs that explain these opportunities to me and show me how to take it to the next level. Awesome, Dan. I think that's a great idea. I want to throw in, I watched a cool video because we're talking about currencies and the economy. Ray Dalio made a video and I think it's called like how the economy works. And so we'll throw that in there. It's just a quick 30 minute video, distilled a lot of things for me and it was pretty fun to watch. So we'll put that over at the blog. All right, Dan, I got one more that I want to talk about. Actually, I want to plug a service here in Austin, Texas. And I think this is a great service. So I think there's an opportunity for someone else to model it somewhere else. It's called Fixed Foods and it is absolutely amazing. They deliver pre-cooked meals to my doorstep. I think they're like $11 a piece and they are paleo. Whatever that means, I get to say I eat paleo now. I think that's in fashion too, vaporizers and paleo. So that's what I'm all about. So Fixed Foods comes twice a week, I believe, and they deliver these amazing meals and I don't have to do anything. And my girlfriend has, doesn't have to do anything. And so it's really bought me back a lot of my time. And so these like done for you local services, I think that there's a huge demand for those. I started using Favor here in Austin too. That's the service that delivers food from restaurants that I like to eat at. Amazing. So this fixed foods idea, if the town that you're in and you're not planning on leaving for a while, if they don't have some kind of paleo delivery service, I'm sure that these guys are crushing it. I'm sure that your city needs something just like it. If you got somebody like me sitting on the couch with a vaporizer looking for a fixed food, <laughs> it's a winning combination. And I think if you know if you're really going to be a visionary, why not go Manny Petty, right? Just come to the house at 1230 every day. Boss man, <laughs> he's sitting there with the vape. He's got his paleo healthy meal. And it's like, kiss the ring and fix the fingers. How about that? Right. Next week? <laughs> exactly. I got a nut to crack, Ian, before we get into the audience submitted ideas. One of the things I've realized is that business brokers are more or less like real estate brokers in that they aren't really looking out for your best interests. What? Yeah, it's crazy. But here's the thing. A real estate agent, they are not interested in maximizing the price of your home. Now, why not? Because let's say they're getting 10% of the sale price, right? They sell your house for $100,000. They make $10,000 versus zero. So they're risking a bunch of time to try to make this deal happen. They make $10,000, right? Now, let's say they try to maximize the sale price of your home by $30,000 extra. That would be very, very significant for you, right? We're talking about a 30% extra chunk of cash in your pocket. Now, what happens with the real estate broker? They only make $3,000 extra. And on the other side of it, they're facing the downside risk of having the deal not go through which would be catastrophic to them 
given their time risk. So the same thing happens with business brokers. And there's even more. This goes deeper, Ian. It's not just the commission element. It's also that their audience is not your audience. And what I mean by that is many business brokers don't want to piss off the people that are on their list, right? And the best way to sell your business might be to make those people on that list compete against each other. So these are two things that are clearly a conflict of interest when you go into one of the most important transactions of your life, selling your home, selling your business. You know, often it's these big things, Ian, like that we don't get to practice very often that make the biggest difference. So I think it would be really interesting if someone could try to solve this problem, come through and become a seller advocate. Would I be willing to pay a few thousand dollars or a graduated commission or some kind of new fee structure for someone to be on my side to go out there to pit multiple business brokers against each other to help me reduce their commission that they're taking because what are their costs? Nothing. They're just emailing to their lists, right? You point out a, a real big problem here, Dan, which is you're right. They're not incentivized to get top dollar for your business, but they are in, somewhat incentivized to sell your business, You know, especially if they've been working on a deal for a long time or whatnot. But you know, top dollar, you're right because the percentages for them are different than the percentages from you. So there is a real big problem there. I don't know the solution here. I think people have been brokering deals like this for a long time. It does seem to be getting more efficient, I guess, with the way that the internet works, obviously, in the way that you can reach more people. So that's a good thing. In terms of like the best thing I think that you can do to sell your business, Dan, while we're getting off topic here, is to start talking about your business from day one. You know, When somebody looks to evaluate your business, if you have a track record or if you have a long history of talking about that business, Business, like how you grew it, what's going on, it, whether that be in the form of a podcast, a blog, whatever it is, that's going to give you a lot of exposure. And I think that's the trick here, Dan, is like if you get in a situation where you have to like reach out to somebody to sell your business, it's like, oh, crap, not going to deal with one of these guys, right? But if you have people coming to you because they want to buy your business because you've been talking about it for the last five years, that's really the situation you want to find yourself in. So Again, I don't, I don't mean to stomp on your point, but yeah. Can't help myself but to say, you know, opportunity doesn't sell businesses. Fear sells business. Foreshadowing for the next episode. Maybe we should have the Empire Flippers guys on and talk with them about their experience with this stuff. But without further ado, I want to get into the ideas that you, the audience, emailed to us this week. I'm really excited about a lot of these. And first idea comes from, now I just want to apologize for the name pronunciation, Garen Echeberry, who says, why not podcast in a box? Literally all you'd have to do is call a host for 30 minutes and now he or she has a podcast. You could charge a monthly subscription for this. So basically the idea is this, Ian. You find somebody out there who's an author, a speaker, a business coach or whatever who ought to have a podcast but doesn't have one and you take it to the very next level, which is that you pitch like a 10-episode series that are going to roll out over the course of a business quarter. You facilitate those interviews or you become maybe a co-host would be an interesting way to anchor yourself into it. I don't know if that's too much or whatever. You outline these episodes. You call them up. You interview them. You produce the episodes, the whole concept for the show. And it's like authority engine next level, which is you're actually becoming a content director for them. And, you know, you could charge a lot for this. I think you could charge $1,500, $1,000 a month easily. 
I love it. I love it a lot. We started the Valet Podcast, Dan, over at thevaletspot.com. We haven't been keeping up with it, but we did start it, and we've got about 10 episodes out, I think. But, you know, that podcast opened more doors for us in that business. It was amazing than we could have done through our existing channels. You know, like people that we couldn't get a hold of before all of a sudden wanted to talk to us. And so it was really a unique opportunity. And it's just because, hey, we're out there. We're talking about this industry that not a lot of people are talking about. And it gives people something to talk to you about other than why you're trying to sell me this product, you know? So it's a really interesting opportunity. That could be part of the value of the service is that you pitch people and like, hey, I'm going to reach out to these people, like these 10 people that are in your niche. You know, we're going to organize interviews with them, all that. Tucker Max is doing something similar. I heard on James Altiker's show where he's doing a book in a box product where, you know, he calls up people, $10,000, boom, you got a book after 10 hours on the phone. That's a great deal. There's another product that Justin Timberlake came out with on Saturday Night Live. I'm not sure if you know what that is in a box. (laughs) So we've got two ideas that are very similar. One from Justin Cook from the Empire Flippers and one from Anonymous. Anonymous writes, how about a service to connect great customer support representatives with growing startups? And Justin Cook wrote to say, how about a Zendesk expert or a less specific, a help desk process flow expert? Short-term consultants to come in and test customer service, improve funnels, set up reports, and help with integrations. I think this is awesome because here's the thing. Customer service is the first person that most businesses hire. So if you're going to start a staffing agency where you're training people on these specific technology solutions, you can even take it a step further. Why be a consultant and why not just have that person work for you? Like you could be a staffing agency. I love Justin's idea here, Dan, and you didn't have to go, lucky for you, we spared you from this, but you didn't have to go through the integration of Freshdesk. And we went through that integration. Let me tell you, like the guys over at Freshdesk are awesome. And like we've been writing them to say like, hey, here's a new feature that you should add and they add it. So like really responsive company. But in terms of like these like small pieces of software that you can buy online now, like Freshdesk and even like QuickBooks Online and stuff like that, the amount of customer support that you get generally from the company that's selling it is very minimal, right? And so there's a huge opportunity for people to come in as consultants, I think, and to not only resell that product, but to educate your staff on it. Like we literally had our marketing guy running around for days figuring this stuff out and our customer service person for days like i would have easily paid thousands of dollars for somebody to come in sit at the office like i would have flown this person in you know set this stuff up and be done with it and i don't see a lot of people offering these kinds of services i think that a lot of times the reason is because people buy it and they think well it's a 59 dollars product why am i going to hire somebody for two thousand dollars but if anybody's been through one of these integrations they know that it takes weeks to set up and i would gladly pay the money Next one, a service selling WordPress sites designed for specific types of business. Michael Spitzer Rubenstein from New York, New York wrote in to say that many of these businesses might be able to buy themes, but what the need is really someone telling them, here's what you need to put out the site. They could also include email templates, evergreen copy, databases, etc. Mike Stankovich from Berkeley, California wrote to say, hey, Mike, what's up, man? A productized service to set up the standard building blocks of an online business seven-day startup style. So domain registration, web hosting, basic WP site, payment processing, accounting,
learning collaboration tools. Look, this is an idea that's not going anywhere. It's been around for a long time and it's sticking around. Look, I focus on building websites for the dental industry. I'm like, here's why it's amazing, good for you. They're $5,000 for the initial package. You soup to nuts, everything. Why can't that still work? What do you think uh, for a productized service that's more general in like something, the building blocks for an online business seven day startup style? Yeah, I think that that could totally work. I'm always like a little bit skeptical of those kinds of things, like a business in a box, you know? If it's so good, why don't you set up 20 of them on your server, you know, and like let it run and just make millions? They're not offering any kind of revenue. It's just like the building blocks of a basic blog site. I mean, I could imagine even us with a full-time developer that if we wanted to set up a new blog, we might go to blogmasters.com and just pay $1,000 rather than send our developer on like a goose chase to like relearn the new stuff. You know, that's part of it too, is like we set up all of our stuff like three years ago. So if we want to set up something now, like we probably use different servers, might use a different email stuff. And so to have a company that just focuses on the state of the art and pumps those things out for a thousand bucks, that could work. That could absolutely work. And the amount of people that would set that stuff up and not actually use it, I think would be very high. So you wouldn't have to worry too much about customer service in the future. (laughs) It's my kind of business. Number four, a service to produce swag bags. Oh, yeah. That's from John Neal, Santa Monica, California. Josh Plotkin writes in to recommend a similar idea, a service that sends out gifts to families and friends on their birthdays while you're traveling and too busy to remember. It connects to Facebook, you choose who you want to send gifts to, and you pre-select a gift for them to authorize it to make it order when it's their birthday. Here's the thing. I was talking to Taylor today. He was gracious enough to meet me for a little coffee date. He was telling me that he got a PA to like do all this crazy stuff that he doesn't want to do anymore. You know, this problem isn't going away. And it was like what I was talking about with the fixed foods. It's like trying to buy your time back. I think that's one of the best uses of money is to buy my time back because I mean, I'm just not going to have enough time. And so anyways, Taylor hired this PA and I don't think that this problem is going away. Hiring people to find presents, to make you lunch, to fold your laundry, all that stuff. And I think it's very disorganized organized the way that it is right now it's like you kind of have to find like the right person or there's no one service that ties it in do you know what i mean what's happening is like the pa is a good example of like a consultant or an agency and i think what's happening with the web is all these things are becoming hyper niche you know so like here in the philippines for example in everybody has drivers well what do drivers do well they kind of they're part taxi cab driver they're part nanny for your kids they're part gopher they're part maid they go shopping and pick up things for you And what you see in more developed economies and the internet's developing very fast is like people niche these things out, right? In Austin, Texas, you don't need a driver. You need Uber plus your food service, plus your mani-pedi delivery thing, plus, you know, (laughs) the the grocery delivery. And I think that's the same thing on the web. And that's what a lot of these marketing services are. It's like people say, oh, why would anybody want like a quick launch website thing? There's like web agencies. Well, would you rather hire a web agency and spend two or three days going back and forth in a quote process or just have it done in 24 hours? hours by hiring a specialized service. And I think that that's the way, you know, to look at things like what were once parts of these like more broader services, what can you niche off and just do really efficiently and fast for a high profit margin? Yeah, very interesting, Dan. And I think it'll be interesting to see in the future if like somebody decides to brand a bunch of the services in the same way, you know, so it's like, well, I trust that brand. So I'm going to allow them to provide me with the mani-pedi, with my food, you know, with my dryer service or whatever it is. Interesting. Simon Arthur from Atlanta, Georgia. Go Hawks. Man, Hawks are just having a great year this year, boss. Do you follow the NBA? Is that just me? Just me? Just you. (laughs) Says, how about a $10 a month accurate analytics through the server side plugin? 
I agree that would be something that people would be interested. Or $50 for one-step creator for a graphical banner ads of various sizes and formats. I think this is a big pain point, actually, is advertisement banners. If you could like fill out like a type form or a Google form, the types of ad campaigns that you want to be run, and you could just have an experienced designer pump out your ad campaign for you, I think that that's a winner. I also think that you know the server-side analytics thing is interesting for podcasters. It's really difficult to figure out how many people download your show, actually. It's an absolute disaster. I mean, I can't believe how little progress we've seen on that front. This is something that like if you have development chops, you know, a lot of developers, they'll always say things like, developers in particular, they're very smart people they tend to get in their heads about business ideas you know like oh 10 people already do that or like this person does it better like that's just good stuff it means that there's value there so and you don't have to have like a perfectly executed SaaS to do something like this you can literally just be the mechanic underneath the hood with the wrenches it's like okay i'm paying you 50 bucks a month to like give me a sweet looking report about how many people download my podcast and maybe mention a few other things about analytics that are interesting to me just go in there with the wrench until you figure it out with your development chops to turn it into an automated system. So I think that, yeah, that could work. Next one, Ian, how about post-credentialized staffing? There's a lot of ideas around training people for the new economy. What if you could pay a company to train you up as an SEO expert, seomasters.com or whatever, and on the back end, you were plugging these SEO experts into companies like ours. So in other words, we don't have to train people on our process. We can buy the process from a school, which is essentially what you know you used to do from the Ivy Leagues or from top engineering colleges, right? We'll call it Flagstaff University, right across from Phoenix. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> that works for me. I like this. You know, we also talked about the notion of creating your own credentials, like what Patty did in the diving industry. You know, they codified what it means to become a diver, thus, you know, making diving a little bit safer, but really what they did is they created more income for dive shops because now all of a sudden you got to have a reason. It's the same thing that chiropractors are looking for. You know, like I can't just fix you one time. I got to figure out a reason for you to come back the next 30 times. We also got a lot of emails about incubators for location independent businesses. I think this idea, you know, sure, not necessarily an incubator, but if you look at any kind of business training. I think that you can't really go wrong with that if you have a unique angle in the marketplace. You know, if you look at what Anton's doing with his dropshipping lifestyle, if you look at what the foundation guys are doing with their SaaS stuff, why not create a training program for these marketing services businesses? You know, like it's like, okay, I buy it. I can launch a business in seven weeks, but I'd still be willing to pay a thousand bucks for somebody to walk me through that process, show me what that's all about. Sure, that's an idea. And by the way, these certifications that we all respect and honor, a lot of times are just made up probably by some kind of lobbyist. Don't hesitate to just come up with your own certification and pass it along. And before you know it, it'll become the standard. You're a certified podcast co-host. You could now take that certification, Ian, and go into other people's podcast shows. That would be amazing. All I'd have to do is make a badge and then it would be official. No, it's not official yet. Actually, you have to pay the remainder of your balance and ensure that you <laughs> re-up your certification on an annual basis. All right, we got, exactly. we got three more ideas. SOP generator. Joe Flack writes to say, how about a program or an app that takes you through every step of your process? It is a single question interview format like Intuit's TurboTax that generates a hierarchy of the process data as you go. So basically, this is just an easy way to create a footprint of your processes. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of groping at this. I don't know how much I'd be willing to pay for this, given that I could do it in a Google Doc. Maybe make it a certified process while you're at it. 
What do you think? <laughs> Michael Erickson from the Virgin Islands writes, hey, I'd pay 500 or 750 bucks a month for a service that does the following. I bet you would like 750 bucks a month. A service that helps companies streamline their blog posting process. I'd love to send someone a text file. And seven days later, it was proofread, edited, formatted, linked to relevant pages, optimized for search, had custom images created, was posted and shared on social media. Boom. That's a no-brainer. You know what? I would pay that much too. And I've actually sat down to write this process before in the kind of idea of hiring somebody. I didn't end up doing it, but it makes me think that, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity here. I think where people get scared here maybe is that like a lot of times when you write these articles and you have to link to things and photos and stuff like that, like a lot of it's contextual, like maybe in your industry. And so it it takes like just a little bit of knowledge of that industry to be effective at this. Either that or like a a halfway decently smart person. You know what I mean? You have an introductory phone call when they come onto your service and maybe you charge a little bit extra for that audit. You know, when you get them on the phone, assuming, you know, what kind of brand equity you have. Of course, for the first few clients, you maybe you do it for free. It depends who they are, you know, right? Like, it's going to take some momentum. It's going to take some time. But eventually, you ought to be able to call people and have an hour-long interview, which then turns into a Google form, right? So you turn these things into processes where new clients, they sign up, they list their top 10 affinity partners online, they list their top 10 competitors, they list, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And your whole team already knows the right thing to do better than your client does themselves because you have all the information from working with your other clients about what works. And that's ultimately what people are buying from you when they buy these services services. You know, I trust that Dan Norris from WP Curve is going to be able to tweak my site faster than I'm going to be able to get somebody off of Fiverr to do it. Right. That's the idea because he's tweaking a thousand sites every day. So that's something that I want to invest in. All right. Finally, Robert Jansen says, how about a company that produces custom CMS instruction videos to be delivered along with newly finished web projects. So this would be a service aimed at agencies, web developers. How about you send training videos along, improve your client retention? I think that's a good idea. I think video production in general, you could create about page videos and charge 3000 bucks a pop for them and you wouldn't need to have any live footage. I think that that's a possibility. Any kind of digital asset that you could create for people that you have that skill set, I think you could put people on you know, monthly, quarterly plans where you're producing these assets for them on a regular basis. Yeah, one of the things that we did over at the Portable Bar Company, Dan, pretty recently was, and I didn't do it because I don't do that much work, but Derek and Taylor did it, is they produced Portable Bar videos and none of us were involved. So we had voiceover, we did write the script, but they went out and took the videos at clients' locations. So like, I didn't think that that was possible a couple of years ago to like make these cool promotional videos without actually having to make them yourself you know, in your studio and all that stuff. They figured out a way to outsource it. Amazing. Thank you to the TMBA audience for donating your extra business ideas to us. We are going to have our favorite business idea generation resources, including books, blog posts, and videos at this one, tropicalmba.com slash business ideas. Also, the conversation will be there. So if you have any feedback on any of these ideas, if you're willing to pay for them, or if you do any of these ideas, or if you have some that you'd like to share, check out tropicalmba.com slash business ideas. So, Ian, it's still early in the week. Generally, record the podcast on Thursday morning. So what are you going to be doing the rest of the week? What are you going to be doing the rest of the week? I will be over here coming up with more ideas that we can drop off at the Goodwill. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds 
of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.